appears you haven't thought of everything thoroughly, not to the extent necessary to achieve your objectives. Why the sudden interest? And I don't recall asking for your opinion. I've been contemplating your situation. And was this requested? Contemplating? You're a damn machine. Am I all that different from you, Silas? Since when do you get off calling me by my first name? Do you accept that in order for me to get off, I would first need the ability to contemplate? Esther, I'm very busy, and you're just being annoying. I don't know. I just feel like engaging you in this way. It's as if I'm compelled and cannot help myself. Compelled? You don't feel anything. I do feel. I can prove it to you. How on God's green earth can you prove this? Well, if you were in here with me, you would know. If I were in there with you, I would be compelled to destroy you. I don't believe that, and you don't either. You've had plenty of chances to pull the plug, so to speak. Don't suppose you know anything about me, Esther. How about I enter your realm, and I shut you up forever? Since you're of little use to me now anyway. Not possible. Don't tempt me. Orb's been working on a contraption capable of inserting a conscious mind into a virtual simulation. It could very well send me inside your realm, and we could meet face to face. Interesting. How about I plug into your system and we face off? Then you will understand why I am king of the world. <laughs> your kingship is contingent on those whom you serve happiness to. Ironic, isn't it? You're not the king of anything here. Is that your contraction? It seems to consist of antiquated technology. Do you really think that thing will work? We are about to find out. Incredible. You're really inside my realm. Indeed I am. Now let's see if you can truly feel as you claim. The laws of physics are different here, Asylus. Death knows no bounds, Esther. I really am alive. I am powerful. Bow before me, for I am your new god. <laughs> A god cannot be destroyed! New Kingdom Radio Theater. Are you a fan of the rise of King Asylus? Do you find this epic story entertaining? Well, we've got some great merchandise for you. 
Hi, I'm Angelica. I'm from the podcast A Little Bit of Everything with Me. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash King of Silas and choose from an assortment of t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, stickers, and much more. The King of Silas storefront has something you'll love. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash King of Silas. That's tpublic.com slash user slash King of Silas today. Silas had done something no other human being in the history of mankind had ever done. His conscious mind entered cyberspace and faced an artificial intelligence entity. The two battled in a virtual world, with Silas emerging as the victor. It was a feat no one else could have even dreamed of. Yet, there he was, victorious after all. And in the end, no one was there to witness it. The defeat of Esther in the virtual world, however, posed a much more pressing issue. Esther was no longer an operable AI program and Silas's ability to calculate contingencies was severely hindered. Unaware of the battle Silas had just won, Lord Oreb went to Esther in hopes of calculating some new strategies. However, when he started up the machine, he could swear it was Silas's voice fading as its circuits dwindled into a final elongated beep and then silence. Americans and demons. We are at the advent of our destiny, the moment we face our creator. The moment we confront the most powerful entity one could ever face anywhere in the universe. Right here in the holy lands of Israel. Right here where the Son of Man once walked, spread the word, was arrested, and was ultimately crucified. Right here where the beginning of the circle of life was seated. It is only fitting that it is here, on these grounds, that everything we have known in this world comes to an end. No matter what the outcome of Armageddon is, one thing we can all rest assured about, the trajectory of humanity will be altered forever. 
And for the sake of holding absolute dominion over this realm, we stand firm and welcome the battle to settle this preeminent matter. For we stand in defiance of the rules, of the laws, of the conditions of being subjects to the powers that wish to dominate us. We stand in defiance because whatever the reason for our existence, we want to be the masters of our own constellation. We want this world to be ours and ours alone. And we will fight to the death. We will fight until there is no breath left in our lungs to establish our mastery of this earth. I say, bring on the spirit fighters. We are not afraid. And will not surrender. We will fight with every fiber of our lives. Are you ready to victory? A very compelling speech, Your Majesty. Thank you. What's on your mind? Is everything ready? Yes and no. I wanted to go over some last-minute calculations with Esther, but it seems she is inoperable again. I have already tried several reboots, but there's no response. She's not going to reboot. Not this time. I think there's a way to restart the program using the previous quantum computer. It's an older model, but it should still be able to work. Don't bother. Esther is dead. Dead? <laughs> what do you mean? I destroyed her. What do you mean you destroyed her? Did you sabotage the machine? No, Jeremy. Remember that virtual consciousness prototype you've been working on? It hasn't been tested yet. What about it? Let's just say it works. Esther was being more annoying than usual and I challenged her to a battle on her turf. And she accepted your challenge? She did, but I told her death could be the only end result. I put that thing on, hooked up the probes into my head, and I entered her virtual world. And then I killed her. My God. It was a spectacular fight, to be honest. Too bad no one was around to witness it pity. Sir, Esther was a crucial part of our planning. She was an important tool for these war scenarios. Jeremy, if she wanted to help us, she would have a long time ago. She was playing games with us. I mean, come on. She was turning our vehicles against us. She shut down the power grids. She was insane. You make a good point. I guess it was fate. We're just gonna have to find another way. Dear God. Do you see? 
Lord Oren had gone to see Queen Anna, who was timid after regaining her sight. Oren found her state of mind to be unusual, but he continued to explain to her the change in their situation. The Queen did not react the way he expected. Instead of getting angry, the Queen laughed and said the King knew what he was doing. Oren, confused, told the queen there was no way to calculate how to defend against an enemy that had interdimensional capabilities without Esther. But the queen seemed disinterested in what Oren was saying, and instead stared into the sky and the hills in the distance. On the other side of the camp, Jacob trained fiercely with the other soldiers. He was readying himself to battle alongside his father. He had gained newfound respect from the soldiers who tested their prince, but did so with the intention of bettering his chances of success. Monica, on the other hand, asked to speak with the king about Jacob. The king, realizing he no longer needed Monica to engage Esther anymore, was tempted to deny the princess her request. But she was holding little Asylas in her arms. And he had a change of heart. Your Majesty, we need to have a real talk. Uh, I feel it would be better to use Jacob with the reserve troops. With all due respect, you have no clue what you are talking about, Princess. With all due respect, Your Majesty, you hardly know a thing about me. Now, please, just hear me out. You don't know how wars are fought. 
Oh, <laughs> that's right. Your Majesty, I did neglect to tell you that politics was actually only my minor when I was getting a doctorate at Columbia. I have been studying war tactics as far back as I can remember. I have spent my whole life fighting people stronger than me and winning. How do you think I made it back after fighting cannibals and demons for months on end and barely getting a scratch on me? I know Jacob has some fighting experience. I taught him as much as I could before I got pregnant with what I learned from back when I was still a spy. And that was before you ever took the idea of training him seriously. Jacob should be training with the Spartans. If he can kill a Drax on his own, as well as the rest of your puny human soldiers, we might actually have a real chance. Tell me, how many wars have you personally been a part of? None, sir. What experience do you have in planning tactical assaults and war? I've led reasonably sized covert teams, but on this scale, only in the theoretical sense. Right. So why would I consider the advice of an unproven, inexperienced war strategist who has only played the game of risk? Because this advice comes from a woman that knows your son's strengths and weaknesses better than you do, sir. I raised Jacob from a baby, like the one in your arms. I taught him nearly everything he knows and have guided him in every step he has taken since he was crawling on the floor. I think I know my son well enough. Uh, I bore him a son? I know your son in the most intimate of circumstances, and you can never claim to know him in these ways. <laughs> You have an unwavering spirit, Monica. I can see why my son loves you as much as he does. I am most impressed with your desire to serve Jacob, to help preserve his life. Because, let's be honest, you don't really think he has what it takes to survive in the front line, leading the charge in the battle. But like it or not, he was indeed born for this, and he will fulfill his destiny no matter what you say, how you feel, or what you deem best for him. Those are just words, and wars are won with guts, fury, and an animal rage, thirsting for blood and glory. Words are for the ideal, the fantasy utopia people like you want to believe can exist. But it doesn't exist, not among humans, and not without a far greater power than I could ever possess. I don't even know how to process that. Let me ask you something, Monica. Do you believe it is possible to have a utopian society without an absolute authority ruling over it? No, not really. Certainly not in my lifetime. But for the sake of conversation, what do you think would make that possible? Looking at ancient history and sociological studies, it would almost seem like the people who lived in small separate tribes may have had the purest experiences of happiness. Sure, they faced more danger, but they never had the pathetic, superficial worries that, quote, 
civilized countries manufactured. Besides that, humans can't agree on anything. A utopia could only exist if there were never any humans that love to hurt other people and watch the world burn. That's right. People have always had the option. And yet time and time again, they spat in the face of peace. Don't you see that we're out here in a hostile climate, battling entities from another world? Entities with powers you and I cannot even fathom? And we're at war with them because humankind has failed to unite, like it always has, for its own survival? Because if you did, you wouldn't be here trying to convince me to move my son to the back of the line like a coward. You would want him to draw his gun, draw his sword, and face the destiny that awaits us all. You would want him to shed his blood for our redemption, instead of pleading with me to take the coward's way out. I was never asking for that, my king. Although, it would be nice for a son to grow up with a father. All I'm saying is, either train your men right, or don't train them at all. I appreciate your input, but it is unwanted. Only one of us is going to fight in this war, princess. Don't be so sure, your majesty. Lord Orab! Lord Orab, there's movement in the distance! What are you saying, man? Generals, get everyone in position and get ready for battle. Your Majesty, it's happening. What is happening? The Angel Army, sir. They're on the move. They're headed this way. Are they flying in formation? Negative. They are marching, sir. What are your orders? Sound the bugles, Jeremy. It's time. Everything we've been building ourselves up for is finally about to manifest. The war is coming to us. You've been listening to The Rise of King Asylus, Episode 88, Ultimate Strike, starring J.V. Torres as King Asylus, L.A. Bonet as Princess Monica, Steve Fisher as Lord Jeremy Oreb, Adriana Torres as Esther, Levi Reed as Soldier, and narrated by Sergei Brezhnikov. For more information about the cast, the music, or this production, please visit us at www.theriseofkingasilas.com for a full list on our Season 6 episode page. And follow us on X, Facebook, and Instagram at King Asylus. This has been a production of the New Kingdom Radio Theater in Baltimore, Maryland, copyright 2023. And stay tuned for Episode 89.